0: Welcome to another episode of Playback Theatre Talks. I am Noah Laibo, and in today's episode, I will be talking with Hannah Fox about acting in Playback Theatre. Hannah Fox is a professor of dance and theatre. She is the director of the New York School of Playback Theatre and the founder of Big Apple Playback Theatre. Hannah is also the daughter of the founders of Playback Theatre, Jonathan Fox and Joe Salas. Please join us for another Playback Theatre talk. having you in my podcast in Playback Theater Talks. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm really delighted having you here and we're going to talk today about something that is pretty basic but also very complex in many ways. We're going to talk about playback acting. Before we're going to do that, I would like to ask you to introduce yourself.
1: Okay. My name is Hannah Fox and I live in New Paltz, New York in the U.S. I've been around playback almost all my life. Uh, My parents created it when I was about three or four and I've just been following its journey and now it's all over the world and very exciting as, as it takes lots of new twists and turns and suddenly we're all doing playback online and Um, It's quite amazing to me to have watched it grow and spread over the last 45 years, continuing to bring people together and create uh, a special space for stories. I can imagine it's quite amazing
0: uh, having that perspective over the years. And I'm going to start with with the question. It's a bit like, it's it's kind of a weird question, but... uh, (laughs) I'm sure many people are probably curious about it because you were, you were mentioning that you are, you are the daughter of the people creating playback, which are Jonathan Fox and Joe Salas. So I'm curious, what was it like growing up in this environment um, Mm and having playback around you all the time and having your parents
1: being preoccupied with that, with playback? Well, you can ask my adult self or my my kid self uh, mm-hmm. my my child self would tell you that it was very strange and difficult and and embarrassing to to have parents who were at that time sort of discovering, exploring, creating this technique, which meant that they were running around town and kind of costumes and doing street theater and we were going to rehearsals with them and they were running around the room making funny noises um uh and so to have parents at that time especially when I became a teenager a young teenager who did this for a living was um something that I had to try to hide (laughs) Mm -hmm. and didn't want my friends to know um now my adult self, of course, uh, feel very, I I feel very grateful to have, um, come up in that kind of environment, a very loving artistic household. Um, I of course have, have entered the playback world as an adult and it's a very central part of my, uh, world work. And so, and and of course, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So whereas at one point I really need to, needed to kind of reject what they were doing and run away from it and be embarrassed by it. You know, now, of course, I'm, I'm running around town with my boxes and instruments and pieces of fabric making funny noises, uh, acting people's stories out. And I wonder what my child thinks.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I thought that maybe if you're growing up in this environment, then it, you're kind of immune. I mean, you're not. For you, it's normal to kind of have people doing those kind of things. But you're saying that it's actually you were feeling embarrassed and you were feeling different about. Oh, what yeah. You're,
1: okay. My, you know, my friends' parents, most most of them were had very straight jobs. You know, they were. Yeah. They worked. Uh, you know, at some kind of court, you know, company where they would kind of get, yeah, or they get into a a nice car and they would have on a suit and they would come home at five o'clock. And, um, you know, my, my parents had chosen the artist way. And so, you know, we, we, we had a very funky house. Uh, you know, we didn't have a couch. They just had a mattress on the floor. We didn't have television. We didn't even have proper bookshelves. Um, you know, so I didn't want people to come into my house. Mm. And, um, you know, we, they drove a very old, beat-up car. So, you know, yes, to be different as a child, whatever it is, in, in whatever way it is, it is, is not always easy. Um, now, mind you, there, at that time, this, this was the original playback theater company. There was only one playback theater company in the world. So when you said playback theater... It meant this one company here in the Hudson Valley. Um, mm-hmm. There was a a children's playback theater company um, that 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 we had, um, which I was a part of. So on Saturdays, I would go to my own playback rehearsal with with the other kids, and we would do our version of playback. Um, so so even though I was kind of embarrassed about what my parents did for a living. I, I, I never, you know, I always was involved in, in dance and theater as a child. Um, and that was my, my language as well. So there was a time for sure when I, uh, needed to kind of discover my own, um, my, my, my own version of applied theater or, or, or of movement or performance. I, I went away from playback for a while and I, I studied other forms of dance and theater, which, which was an important part of, you know, um, my own education and, and discovering my own kind of artistic voice. But, uh, you know, it wasn't until I was 21, across the country, far away from my parents, did I rediscover playback and kind of decide to embrace it. Uh, for myself. Yeah, but
0: it's interesting. In any case, you never thought of, like, becoming, I don't know, a lawyer or accountant <laughs> or something like that. You were still
1: around. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. I always knew that performance was my path uh, and, and te- teaching. Um, I've always sort of been a, a, a teacher uh, or interested in in um, in that kind of role. Um, but yes, I I I chose the arts as well. When you're
0: meeting each other as as a family, do you talk a lot about playback? Is that something that you? Yes, oh, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not always. Not I, I, you know. Again, there was this period of my life when I was you know there were uh, f- from from 11 years old to 20 years old where I I didn't even you know w- want to uh, uh, utter those words or, you know, it was not, it was, it was a, t- it was a, not a, a subject we would, we shared, but, but yes, now when we gather apps, my parents and I, we were in the same business. It's kind of a family business, I guess. So we, mm-hmm. um, we support each other. We, I seek their advice. They, you know, we, yeah, we 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 have a lot to talk about. Um, I mean, of course, there are many other things to talk about as well. But um, absolutely, playback takes up a lot of our family space. So, what made you? Um, I don't know how to to say it. Get back to playback
0: or start doing uh, playback at 21? Right. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's an interesting uh, story because it wasn't on purpose. It was kind of a um uh, an unexpected encounter. Um, I had graduated from college. I was in Oregon, which is all the way across on the west coast. And I wanted to kind of do something and be of service and and get out of the the states. And I was sent to Kathmandu. I was sent to Nepal as part of a sister city um, connection, the town I was in with Kathmandu. And I was sent there for, for almost a year to teach English in this tiny little village. Uh, without running water and electricity. Um, and and that was a very kind of profound experience for me, just getting as far away from everything I knew. It felt like I was on the edge of the earth. Um, when I came back to town, Eugene, Oregon, I was at a store and I saw a poster on the bulletin board um, that said Playback Theater Workshop taught by Judy Dolmatch. And I thought, oh, my God, playback theater. And there was a photo. I think there was a, a drawing of the playback stage, the mm-hmm. two boxes, the, you know, the the teller's chair, the conductor's chair, the actor's chair and the musician. And my heart started to pound, you know, because I hadn't really I, I hadn't been practicing playback um I'd been doing other dance and theater work, and then I had just been on this vision quest in, in the Himalayas for all these months. So I decided to join this workshop, and this woman, Judy Dolmatch, I knew from when I was a child. She She's a playback practitioner on the West Coast. So I joined this workshop in this town where I was living, um, and sort of when I walked into the space, it was in this big yurt. It was like coming home, and there were all the the things, the playback things, the instruments. And and I, you know, it just felt so familiar yet. So it's like uh, a relative you hadn't seen in a while. And Mm -hmm. so there were about 17 of us. We did this weekend workshop and we all just kind of fell in love sort of, you know, the way it goes. You do the work and you're telling deep stories and it's very exciting and you're really connecting. And so Judy taught the workshop she left she went back to where she lived a few hours away and those of us in the workshop decided we wanted to keep going and we started we 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 started a troupe Eugene Playback Theater and I was uh one of the directors and then this other man was a director so there were two of us and um and that and that began my journey we were we we started rehearsing every week and we were together for several years and um at first it was very challenging because i was so much younger than most of the people in the company especially my my co-director he was maybe 20 years or older than me or or, or 15 or i don't know um, so i had to quickly find my um my leadership uh, voice and courage and you know because i knew the form intimately like you know deep in my bones But I was young. I was 21. And, you know, how can I sort of kind of, um, command the room or how, you know, how can I kind of feel like a director with a bunch of people who are are much older than me and have more life experience. So it was an interesting journey. It, It was very, um, strong experience of course there were lots of you know company life is very colorful and there were a lot of things that happened and then we ended up splitting into two companies and blah 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 but that's how I rediscovered playback and since Mm. then I've been very committed yeah interesting Mm. (laughs) interesting rediscovering playback just kind of across the country you know like three thousand something miles away from my parents yeah and also the to think of you like in your early twenties leading yeah. a group
0: of uh, people yeah. that are way older than you that's also very unusual.
1: I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard yeah. to imagine it even. Yeah, it, it it certainly wasn't easy. I mean, I was nominated. You know, I was asked to lead. I don't think I volunteered. Um, but it it took us some time for me to get comfortable in that role. At that time, I remember.
0: Yeah. We're soon going to get to the questions about uh, acting, but I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, I have uh, one more question before yeah. we're, we're going there. You're also a yoga teacher.
1: Yes, so
0: I am. That, that's very interesting as well. How come you, wh- is that something that that happened in the last few years? Or you, uh, have you always no, been practicing no, yoga? No,
1: I've been, yeah, I've been practicing yoga for um, about 30 years.
0: Do you see uh, similarities between yoga, yoga practice, your yoga practice to playback?
1: Um, well, the one that comes to mind immediately is just sort of being present, um, you know, in playback. It's improvisational. We don't have a script. We're, we're in the empty space and we just need to really kind of be present in the moment um, with each other. And for yoga, that's what the the gift of yoga the tool of yoga does for me is is kind of you know you can let go of the 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 mm-hmm. the, the sorrows of the past and the worries of the future and really mm-hmm. just be present in 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 the body which i think is a a requirement for playback um mm-hmm. and and also i'll say that i find yoga a very uh, uh effective um tool to to warm up for playback. So in yeah. my, my rehearsals, we use yoga to warm up for playback. Yeah.
0: Mm, interesting. I'm also practicing yoga, and ah. I never connected the two. But now that you're uh-huh. saying that, it makes total sense. So I think that that will bring us to to questions yes. questions nice about playback. Way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will start by asking you: in in what way does playback acting is different from other kinds of acting? Mm.
1: Well, um, by the way, this is this is one of my favorite subjects, playback acting, um, Mm. because it's so unusual. It's so unique. It's so demanding. It's so um, accessible all at the same time. Um, I find what makes playback acting unique is that, one, it is very anchored in the body. So it's not Stanislavskian. It's not naturalistic theater. It's not talking head stuff. We're not sitting there on chairs pretending we're in the apartment having a conversation we're, we're embodying a story so in that sense at least my version my interpretation of playback is 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 dance like it's it's we've already heard the story uh which was told in words and now we get to kind of um offer a reflection through body movement text music, sound, fabric, um, and so in that way we're moving from literal to abstract, literal to abstract, so there's this real kind of wide spectrum where playback acting a lot of the time is is rooted, it, 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 you know, ex- it lives in the more abstract realm. Um, it's improvisational, uh, so that just means we need to stay very open again to that moment and to our intuition and to each other, the other actors on stage. Um, there's not a, there's not a prescription. We don't, there's not set blocking. There's not a set script. So it's really kind of reading the moment. And in that way, it's like a Buddhist practice. It's, it's, um, there's a real sort of spiritual quality in in my mind in playback acting. Um, And, uh, you know, and then there's this practice of saying, yes, it's, it's an ensemble. I call it kind of a team sport. It's an ensemble acting form. So there's no star, there's no principal, you know, player. It's, we really, as a team need to reenact this story. Um, and so there's kind of a group wisdom to, uh, that practice and to the, And and to the product. And I guess finally, I'll say that what makes it unique in my mind is that it's service, it's an act of service. Um, So, whereas other people might go into acting because they really enjoy the spotlight, because they want people to kind of see them, because they, you know, I don't know, are looking for fame or whatever for me, playback acting is very liberating because it's not about you. It's it's not about me as an actor. It's it's about the teller. Uh, it's about the community. So I, I find that, you know, there's not a lot of room for being self-conscious because we are in service. I am listening to that story deep, deeply with all my senses. And then I'm going to do my best to honor it. And there's a little spotlight on the actors for a moment, and then it moves back to the teller as quickly as possible. So mm. it's a practice of stories and storytelling. Um, and we, the actors, are in service to that. The,
0: uh, you already started uh, saying something about the values uh, of playback. So um, I want to ask you about more about that. So mm. what would you say are the main
1: principles
0: and values mm-hmm. of playback mm-hmm. acting? Mhm.
1: Well, it's funny because I have, um, when I teach playback, I have 13 acting principles that I talk about, which I won't, I won't get into all of them right now, but, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll highlight the, 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 the top ones or, or, or re- reiterate them. Um, because there are, there are these kind of principles and, and some of them are unique. Um, so I, I again I think I'll, I'll begin where I ended, which is that we are we are acting in service. So I think that is important. It's an important value in general for playback um, that it's an applied theater form. Um, there's this listening piece that is you know critical. Um, so there's not a lot of time as an actor to space out or think about dinner or. Kind of, you know, what, how your hair looks on stage because you need to be listening very closely and deeply, and you're trying to uncover the heart of the story. Um, listen for metaphor, etc. So, you know, when I when I teach, I say ugh, playback theater to me. If you had to boil it down to one word, it would be listening, or to two words, compassionate listening. So, yes, we're actors, but you know, um, this. It, this this ability to listen and this curiosity as an actor to to hear kind of about other people's experiences is is very important. Um, again, it's an ensemble form, so this idea of really kind of playing well with others and 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 saying yes to others' ideas. So you may have this very kind of brilliant idea of how to play back this story, but let's say you're not the teller's actor and the teller's actor comes out and, and offers something else has a different idea. There's this constant practice of surrendering, which brings me back to the, the Buddhist practice of just letting go, letting go, not getting attached, staying present in the moment and saying yes to, to this other idea, uh, which is different than the one I had. Um, I think, um, it's important for me to keep it very physical. I think playback acting is physical. Um, As I, as I said before, it's dance like, I think ideally because we don't want to get stuck or static on stage. We want to keep things moving. And I think it can go very deep if we really embody the story and really um, be creative in how we play it back. and, And again, sort of, play with metaphor and movement and music and not get stuck into too many words. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think, I think those are, you know, and I guess, you know, one last thing I'll say is I, I think you have to be very brave uh, to do playback theater and and to be a playback actor and a conductor, but, you know, to, to do improv is um again to walk into the unknown um and 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 the dark can be scary you can't really see and you're sort of discovering a, as you go with each step and so i think to get out on stage be vulnerable in that way to trust yourself and your fellow actors to really hear the deep notes of the story and play them back artistically and to trust your own intuition in that way um, is is an act of courage. What, what do you think? Could you uh, anyone be a playback actor, actress, yes. Or actor? Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. yes. 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 Yeah. Yes and no. Mm. Yes. Y- yes, I'm going to just say yes because um, yes, but you need mm. training. How about that? Yes, but you need training. Um, you know, in playback, we t- we talk about the citizen actor. I believe my father came up with that term, the citizen Mm -hmm. actor, which means, you know, in my mind that, yes, playback theater is accessible. That, you know, originally playback theater was kind of created as a living room kind of theater where we kind of get together informally. We tell stories, we act them out for each other like like children do. And so in that sense, anyone can do it. It's like if you, again, have the interest and the curiosity and the um, the 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 concern, the care to listen to another person and her story, and then you sort of do your best to play it back. Um, that's playback at, at its essence. And and anyone I feel can sort of step into that space and 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 do this, do this work. Now to do it. Um, to do it artistically and to do it professionally and to do it really well, it it takes years of training. It takes training. It takes practice and dedication and skill building. So uh, I do believe that we could go anywhere, which I've done and gather a group of people and in an hour or two, everyone will be doing playback, you know, maybe not, maybe not long form, maybe not stories, maybe not beautifully, but, yes, we all can sit and hear someone's story and then offer reflection uh, with our with our body and voice.
0: And what what would you say to someone that um, is just starting playback, that is, uh, I don't know, taking his first workshop or something? Mm. Uh, what would be um, practical, basic things you would tell him before stepping mm. on stage? hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I was even thinking about like even in a more technical manner to I'm, I'm thinking what I'm saying to people when uh, I'm teaching playback and I'm telling them things like don't look at the teller while you're mm. while you're acting gaze right. up yes. things like that or yes. and also respect the teller don't start making you know joking around making fun and uh, especially right. not so those are also things that I noticed that a lot of people tend to to miss because they're they're doing usually I don't know improv or other kinds right. of acting
1: and in playback yeah. those are things that that you're not supposed to do. Well there's there's a ritual isn't there? There's this you know um we're in a ritual and there are guidelines um and there are let's call them rules um Uh, that we try to honor so that we create a safe container and and tellers will want to volunteer to tell their story. Um, So, yes, I think those kinds of sort of uh, kind of um, more technical guidelines are important. So, you know, and, and of course, every company has its own ritual within the ritual. But Yes. Not to look at the teller, not to embellish, you know, we hear the story don't add more details than you hear. Ooh, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, when, when the teller's telling, we don't speak up as actors, we trust the conductor. This is different than in psychodrama, for instance, but you know, we we're quiet, we're, we're listening. Uh, and then the conductor passes the story over to us as actors and we, we play it back. Um, um, sight lines you know with with a playback actor you have two sight lines you need to stay open to two kind of different audiences if the teller's on stage to stay open to the teller to stay open to the audience you're playing to the audience you're playing to the teller um and that's tricky because you know there's kind of the space right next to the teller uh downstage right where you don't want to be because it's too too close to the teller. So that's really a lot of body awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, things like finding the beginning, the middle and the end, um, you know, have courage Mm -hmm. to end. I say like, it's, you know, you can kind of, you got to get in there, you do it and you got to get out uh, because Mm -hmm. we want to get another story, but sometimes it's hard to find that ending. And so kind of really, what, what is the arc of the story? And um, But I do, yeah, I think once someone feels comfortable in the improvisational space and in this kind of practice of listening to life stories and playing them back, then there are all these more technical um, tips and guidelines that can be helpful.
0: And also, I will add, also uh, don't give advices or don't try to educate the the teller or Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times um -hmm. during the the interview then people might ask a question that is more oriented to either get like details that are not relevant to the to the story itself Mm -hmm. and also to kind of coach or something like that um
1: or or saying something during the enactment or whatever Oh. oh yeah um but yeah, I think it can be tempting for people during the enactment to sort of, um, you know, comment on the story or you know, um, add an add a happy ending if there wasn't one. Yeah, or, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's another you know uh, kind of discipline that we need to have as playback actors is to really play back what we heard, good, bad, or ugly, yeah. um, and not and not add details. I had a experience recently in a workshop I was teaching with new actors where it was a story told by uh, an African-American woman about racism when she was younger and um, she, she chose someone to be, let's call, you know, uh, an antagonist in the story. Um, he, He wasn't really the antagonist, but he, he was one of the other characters and, Uh, unintentionally this 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 new this playback actor um perpetuated the racism inside the enactment Mm. so not on purpose but he added some details in his acting uh that in fact kind of deepened the racism and 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 added a layer of of more racism so 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 had he and and we and, and i mean it was you know um i was watching and 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 um you know worried about what i was seeing but in fact it created um an opportunity for learning for all of us when we debriefed it afterwards but it it, it you know there's 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 danger in adding details you didn't hear because on the one hand If I add a bunch of details or even even one detail that you didn't tell me, it takes away from your story. It takes you out of your story. It becomes another story. But but worse than that, perhaps, is if um, if when I add this detail, um, I inadvertently offend you uh, Mm -hmm. or 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 create a complication or a problem, uh, you know, uh, in the story that wasn't there, whether it's sexism or racism or some kind of unconscious bias so it it at the very least it can take the teller out of her story at the at and and more so it can sort of um upset the teller (laughs) Mm -hmm. so uh you know the audience and and the audience yeah Yeah, Mm and then we get you know then we have more stories about what just happened but um but yeah I think I think it's it's really important to again, to, to listen deeply to what is said, uh, and then, and then artistically artfully, you know, to, play that back. Mm
0: -hmm. Now
1: there's always going to be the, there's the personal story, the individual story, and then there's going to be the political story or the, 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 the meta story. Um, so let's say we have, um, let's say we have a story that, that takes place Uh, let's say this 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 past April someone's telling a story about you know not seeing not seeing her 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 parents or her grandchildren or her family or something so there's her story about how she hasn't seen her mom in a long time and her mom's not doing then there's the backdrop which is oh there's a global health pandemic um and we can't see each other, so the actors then need to figure out how to place this individual. Like if there's an important socio political event happening, um, it, you know that 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 could be important to as a as a to bring in as an aspect to the enactment. You just have to you have to sort of be careful. Um, another another example that I'm just thinking of. Uh, I had um I had a rehearsal this week playback rehearsal and, um, someone told a story about, uh, about racism towards Asians right now in our country, in my country anyway, because mm-hmm. of Wuhan and, and coronavirus and China. And so mm-hmm. I don't know if it's happening in Germany. That's where you are. Is that right? Yeah, Right. In
0: Berlin. Uh,
1: but, but there's, you know, there, there's some really awful things happening to Asian folks around here uh who are being blamed for this virus so this this is part of the story that we were hearing the other day in rehearsal and and an an actor again in trying to serve the story um actually actually what happened what happened was this the story wasn't really about that it was about being an immigrant in this country and how All these young people that she works with might have to be deported uh, because of Trump's, you know, awful Mm -hmm. policies. But this other actor did her best to create the backdrop, right? So the story was actually about sort of being an immigrant here, being Asian and suddenly not feeling safe. She's been here a long time. But this other actor brought in the backdrop, which was this racism towards Asian folks around coronavirus. Now, the teller, even though it's, it's, it's certainly an important piece to this whole big puzzle, the teller didn't talk about this. And so when it was played back, what we heard in the check back after the enactment was that it was too much. It was too strong. Mm-hmm. So for this teller to kind of see an actor say, you know, it's your fault, You know, the coronavirus is your fault, you know, go back to China kind of thing. It was too much for the teller to see. It wasn't something she had said. It was Mm -hmm. something we all kind of know in the background. Mm -hmm. So so it's, you know, and again, this is improv. We're doing improv. None of us. Most of the time, we weren't there for this story that we're hearing. And we're going to do our best to play it back. Um, And it will never be perfect. I always say it's going to always be flawed because this, this is improvisation. We're not rehearsing, rehearsing, you know, making mm-hmm. it perfect. That's not the uh, the uh, the objective. The objective is to kind of honor a- and uncover the heart of the story. Um, so so sometimes we'll get it wrong. Um, and 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 we're human. And as long as you know, as long as we're we're, we're up on stage playing these stories back, with our best intention and, uh, uh, and it's playback and not payback, <laughs> then, mm-hmm. um, then, then, then we will, th- there'll be these moments where something isn't quite right or, you know, maybe, maybe not the best choice. And as long as the teller has the final word, um, then, 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 then I think it's okay. Uh, most of the time. And, and this is how it's going to be. It's, it's, we're going to, there's going to be some playback performances and some playback enactments that are mind blowing and deeply, uh, synchronistic and magical and profound and transporting. And there's going to be other enactments that are pretty good. You know? Yeah, that was, that was mostly it. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. I think. And then there'll be other enactments, which are just like, uh, that wasn't my, that wasn't, no, you kind of missed the mark. And so we have a few tools in our pocket our tool our, our tool belt to to help those t- you know to kind of serve those moments where we miss the mark
0: yeah so I think yeah many times playbackers actors are maybe trying to fix what they've heard and they're doing it as you said from the best the, the best intentions but a lot of times uh, it doesn't resonate with the with the teller so what, what right. the the advice that you gave like just stay with the story just be with the story mm-hmm. and it's also important to be aware of your your story and the story of of the teller because uh, and this is something also when you're practicing playback for a long time you're that's what's great about playback you're starting recognize that um, that you have Mm -hmm. your own story because a lot of times as as a teller you see your story and you and you Mm -hmm. see that the actors there they were trying to do something that matches their story and not yours and they are Mm -hmm. maybe working with their own agendas and all that Mm -hmm. and you see how it affects you so this is where practice uh, really helps and you you were saying about also how strong playback can be Mm -hmm. and I want to ask you about uh, if you could share an experience that you remember that was really strong for you on
1: stage as a playbacker Mm -hmm. um well the one that comes to mind um of course there have been many 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 And, uh, I don't know if this is the best example, but it it, it definitely lives up there in kind of a a strong playback acting experience, which is, this is some years ago, I, I was on on an acting team, I I believe it was at a a conference and, um, there was a woman sharing about her program, uh, in which they use playback with young sex offenders, juvenile sex offenders, and she does something quite remarkable and what what they do is they they have the perpetrator, the person who was the sex offender who's in this now you know kind of incarcerated uh, uh, home uh, you know this kind of um, jail for teenagers they have they have the sex offender uh write down the the story of what happened so let's say it's a a, a young man who who uh you know raped his young cousin or you know there was an, there was incest um with with a, a young brother or whatever they have this person write down the story of what happened and why they're in this juvenile uh center. Um, and then, and then they have the, these young people, they use playback and have them sort of tell the story from the point of view of the victim. Um, Mm. and they do playback around this. So it's this incredible kind of process where they write out what happened, what their offense is, and then they retell it from the point of view of the person that they hurt. Right. So I was, so she was kind of explaining about this process and she brought some of the stories that these young men and people had written. And we were, and, and, and I was on stage as an actor. Um, and so she read one of these stories. So it wasn't even her story, but it was this young man's story about how he, um, you know, sexual. Inappropriately sexually abused his cousin in the in the in the woodshed behind the house, and I you know so I had this experience as an actor. It was just so incredibly deep, and I was so transported into this kind of realm. I was I was I was so brokenhearted about about sexual abuse, and you know, and then this this amazing kind of process where this young man can step into the shoes of his mm-hmm. victim. Um, that, so I was, I was cast as, as him. And I just remember having this experience on stage where, um, where I was, you know, I, I, I wanted to just dissolve into tears cause I was so deeply uh, sad, uh, and moved. I was very moved. And I've had this experience before where you're very moved by hearing a story and you have to somehow stay intact and serve. And so it was just this moment of wanting to just crumple onto the floor and cry and cry and cry. Uh, but staying upright and, and honoring this story um, because she then was able to tell a story of what it's like to facilitate this process and how kind of intense and um, traumatic. She, she's, she, she's dealing with trauma and around all of this also. And so I was able to kind of serve these stories, uh, as an actor and, and I guess do, do whatever I did, uh, um, so that the, the tellers were moved. But, um, I just remember really struggling to remain an actor Uh, and, and not just kind of fall into my own Hannah's kind of um, heartbreak in that moment. And I've, I've experienced that as a conductor as well where I'm so moved by the story and I, you know, uh, I can, you can shed a tear. I, I remember standing up there as an actor in that moment, shedding tears. I was crying, but, but then I was able to step out on stage and, it, you know, it, it, it can't get more disturbing, or at least of the mm. disturbing stories that we might hear and tell, I think, um, you know, sex abuse and incest abuse is, is, is up there. So so mm. able to step out on stage and serve. Um, and, and were you able to use it, to use what you were feeling as a motor. I think so. I think so. It went very deep, you know. Mm. I don't remember artistically what I did, but I know I was so dropped down deep into, you know, I was so um, present, and I was so the empathy. The empathy was so strong that, you know, once I could kind of gulp down my emotion, yes, I was able to channel the emotion um, to serve the teller. Um, and the tellers, I, 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 there were a number of tellers, but, but it was, it was a, it, yeah, it's an experience that stays with me because I, I think this is the work we're doing, which is to build empathy and to, to heal, uh, these traumas, um, but, uh, you know, with this art form and, and, but, but, um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, we're human, we're human beings up there and, and I, I love that about playback that I can remain Hannah. I can become this teller, this young man or, or whoever it is, but I can still be Hannah, you know, and um, it's not like we're going to study these characters for months and take on all of their little physical gestures and find their exact voice. You know, that's a different kind of acting. This acting is I remain Hannah and then I step into your shoes for about, you know, 10 minutes or five minutes or whatever it is. Um, and I touch my humanity to yours through the story, uh, inside the story. And, and hopefully there's a real connection. So I, I know I felt very connected that day, even though it was very hard. It was, it was very hard to be an actor that day. Uh, but we need to. We need to serve these stories, we need to serve the, the stories of violence, of trauma, of, of, of social injustice, etc. Um, and, and sometimes it, it, it certainly is often not easy to do that. But then, but then you need to, after the show, you need to go backstage and de-roll and debrief and get some water and get mm-hmm. some hugs. You know, mm-hmm. you need to take care of yourself. And, and do you remember
0: what was the teller's reaction to the? Oh, inaction? just
1: crying. Everyone was crying. Mm. Everyone was crying. It was one of those kind of th- that you know, two hours of some very deep stories of of of, of trauma around sex abuse and uh, mm. uh and incest. And um, you know, and I'm just remembering another time <laughs> where again. Uh, I was working with, with, with young people. Again, it's a similar, maybe it's the red thread, but I was, mm-hmm. this is now in a different place, a different time. We, my company had a, a long-term contract with, again, another sort of group home for young people who are in trouble with the law. Uh, They've committed a crime, but they're too young to go to jail. So we had a three-year contract with this this organization. And we went in every Friday to do workshops and performances with these young people using playback to kind of, I don't know, um, uh, you know, look at their lives. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, give them some good attention. Gosh, they're, mm-hmm. you know, separated from their family. So this one story was, 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 was from a young woman, although I think she, she, uh, would, did not identify as, as a woman. Um, and I don't remember her name at this time, but she, her story was that she was on uh, crack cocaine. She was on some hard drug um, and she stabbed her dog. You know, she was sort of tripping out and she was in her living room. And I think there was a disagreement with her roommate and she ended up stabbing a dog. So this is the story Then I we had to play back. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, and so, again, as an actor in that day. I was acting, and it was like, okay, how do I honor this teller, this young person who's having a hard time? How do I not get too literal? We don't need to see blood. We don't need to see an animal um, be be abused in this way. Um, how do I? Uh, how do I sort of um, shed light on? some of this sort of um problematic behavior. So it was very tricky, right? Because you you got you need to honor the teller. You always need to honor you can't alienate the teller even if the story is problematic. You, so so I you know, we used a red claw, you know, we didn't do any kind of stabbing gesture, you know, knife in hand, boom boom boom. We 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 really leaned into metaphor um, which was fine and and adequate. Um, we used slow motion the convention of slow, you know, slow, a violent moment, use Mm -hmm. slow, you know, slow motion is helpful. Um, and you know, she, 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 they will call, we'll call them. They, they were, uh, they were, they were satisfied with what they saw the audience. You know, I didn't want to traumatize the audience Um, anyway. So, 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 you know, you get these stories, these, let's say stories about violence and, um, We need to somehow stand up to the job uh, and stay strong in that service. But then we also have to, I think, not reenact the violence, but somehow find more artistic, more abstract ways to represent those moments.
0: And also to I think it's also important to acknowledge your own feelings and your own reactions to the story. Because, of course, I think yeah. uh, actors are really affected when they're hearing oh. a story about this kind of uh, yes. behavior. Yes, and, and you can't just put it aside, I think. And this is uh, also getting back to what you said about um, using whatever it is that you're feeling. And I think this is important that even if you're feeling um, angry or upset um, and yeah. hearing this kind of story, I think it's good to bring it on stage somehow. But yeah. it, it, I guess it sounds pretty complicated how to do that without uh, fall into the place of uh, educating the the yeah. teller or uh, you know blaming someone or whatever.
1: Yeah, or mm-hmm. just following falling into your own despair. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. again, there are many kinds of these stories that I, I know a lot of us have, and I have many more of these kinds of stories now that now that I'm talking about them, they flood into my mind. But mm-hmm. but but you you. you You know, um, uh, so you're you're standing there as a human being so deeply upset by what you're hearing. um, And how can you continue to 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 be a channel uh, and serve the moment, serve the story, serve the teller? Yeah. and, And play back what you heard. But then maybe in playing back what you heard the teller will see something new and there'll be some new insight for the teller. Let's hope. So we're,
0: we're going towards the end. I'm going to okay. ask you wh- one, one last question because uh, you were mentioning how much, um, especially for you, it sounds like the, the physicality mm-hmm. in playback and because you have a background as a dancer and you're, um, and movement and all that. Yes. Um, so you mentioned how, how important that is to playback and now we are um ah. we are all in a situation <laughs> where we are um oh, doing yeah. play a lot of playback online mm. we're not able to touch each other we're not ah. ba- able being close to each other
1: right
0: um and I know that you've been doing a lot of work online you also yeah. offered uh, online workshops uh, yes. different kinds of uh, activities and uh, I know you you're gonna perform soon, so I'm wondering how can we work nowadays with uh, with all the restrictions that we have to deal with mm. and how that's, uh, what's different yeah zoom playback mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. how
0: how is that different than mm. i don't know live playback uh, or, I don't well know. well, in many ways, but how to overcome maybe the yeah
1: well, it's funny because i i um You know, so when I'm when I'm, you know, I've been leading a bunch of trainings online. And um, as you said, I'm I'm doing some performances and I've been saying to the the people, uh, right. The first thing I say after welcoming folks is we're going to be learning and practicing an adaptation of playback theater, because I do think that the essence of playback remains true and exists online thank goodness you know in that you can tell your story online we're all going to see you and hear you and we can play it back now the playing back the acting is going to look different um and there are lots of limitations and differences but I do think the essence is still there um and the exchange of stories uh and the connection between people can happen thank goodness um for as long as we have to do it this way, I I, I think it pales in com- in some ways. It, it certainly pales in comparison to the the live version because this is an embodied form. This is a face to face form. This is a form about touch. This is a form about eye contact. This is a form about deep connection. You know, body, mind, and soul. So I look forward to when we can gather again and 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 sit and sit closer. Uh, however. I, I there are some perks I am discovering to this Zoom playback uh, world. One of them is access. Um, now you do need internet, so that is an equity issue and access issue. But but I'm really enjoying these global spaces, um, so it's it's wonderful. And then about acting. I have to say, I'm having so much fun. Um, mm-hmm. At first, I was very nervous and suspect about how in the world are we going to play mm-hmm. this story back? And I have to say, it is really difficult when everybody's about two inches big. You know, it's like, you know, you're just kind of, you're, 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 you're peering into your computer screen and just trying to, did that per, is that person feeling emotion? Is that a tear? You know, what is that? But as an actor, I'm actually finding it very liberating in some ways because suddenly we're doing film acting, right? That we're using a camera. So you have to get used to that. But then there are a lot of possibilities with close-ups and zooming out, and then suddenly you're in a in in, in lots of spaces. So I can be in the room I'm in now. I can if I'm an acting in your story, maybe I want to go down. I want to get onto the stairs and show going down. Maybe I want to go outside. You know, suddenly uh, the acting stage really opens up and suddenly you can use props. You know, I can grab a book. I can, you know, mm-hmm. I was doing a rehearsal the, a couple weeks ago. I told a story and one of the actors lit a match and suddenly there was a burning flame in front of the lens in front of the camera. It was quite amazing. So I, I have to say as an actor, although it's still strange, I, I'm finding it kind of fun and liberating to, to, to run around the room, to climb on the couch, to, to climb under the chair. I mean, you have to keep working with your computer and your angles and your cameras. Um, but, but suddenly I feel creatively uh there's all these new spaces to explore so it's it's interesting in that way
0: yeah i i must say i'm i, I can relate a lot to what you're saying i also enjoy a lot working online and i was also surprised uh-huh. by how powerful and fun that could be uh-huh. that we can still I, I i i'm thinking now okay we're soon going to get back to the studio but i'm trying to think right. of ways that we can still work online from time to time because right. it was such a great uh, experience.
1: Yeah. Um, right. Right. So now maybe we'll have both platforms, right? Maybe we'll have virtual space and also live spaces together. Yeah. So anyway, it, it's it's um i like what you said. I i hope i hope soon enough we can we can gather together again on stage, live version and also maybe continue to gather online for this zoom playback uh experience as well. Yeah, well
0: that's that's uh, an optimistic message I think to end with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thinking about getting back to working with each other and uh yeah, being close to each other and still take something from this time.
1: And- yeah. Yeah, I guess there's now new, there's even more places to meet and Mm -hmm. do playback. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. definitely.
0: And I have to say, there's so many things we could still be talking about because we we talked about acting in playback. But I think, wow, there's so many things um, we Mm -hmm. like, we could go on for hours because we could could. talk about um how an actor is with the with the audience with the conductor with the group and oh,
1: um
0: wow. and yes. ha- what it's what it's like what's the differences between different uh, groups there are more professional groups and yes. there's so many things we could uh, talk about well having, if we uh, need covered. to we'll
1: do we'll do a part two yeah and maybe once you get yeah. through all your people and you know you're <laughs> coming around for second for, you know for for second uh interviews or mm. second conversations uh maybe maybe we'll do a part two and get into some other layers mm-hmm. yeah, definitely.
0: but uh so now i'm just gonna i'm just gonna thank you <laughs> for thank for you. with this wonderful conversation i think it was so enriching and so i i think we really i think people could really benefit from that both people that are new to playback but also Old playbackers, people that are practicing playback for a long time, can also benefit, I think, from from this talk and relate to a lot of the things that uh, that you mentioned here. Mm, uh, I hope so. so well. Thank you. Yeah, so thank you very much for, for your time and for sharing and being so open to that and inspiring. And uh, yeah, it was well, great. Thank you
1: for your, your time and, and all your great questions. Mm-hmm. And hope to see you in one of these playback spaces sooner or later. Thank
0: you so much for listening. You can always contact me with questions or requests. Or if you want to get an email every time that a new episode is being released, just contact me at noah.libo at story-lane.com. And please share this podcast with others. Thank you.